Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. What's going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Moro. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going? What is up, Andy? It's going well, man. Excited for this uh, upcoming series of, uh, of baseball. What about you? Yes, I also agree with that sentiment. The Dodgers will be playing the San Diego Padres, known colloquially as the Dads, in the National League Division Series. And it should be fun. And to commemorate this lovely occasion we have invited on our Padres beat writer you know him you love him it's Dennis Lynn Dennis how's it going hey Andy it's going well Pedro sup Dennis (laughs) Dennis how jealous were you that I got to talk to James Shields this week honestly pretty jealous um it's Fuego how can you not be jealous I'm actually really curious Andy how did that go Seems like it went well. It was fine. I mean, I know him relatively well, having covered him in Kansas City, and uh, we've stayed in touch over the years, and uh, I think he has a pretty good sense of humor and perspective on things. It's it's sort of interesting to me how, like, certain players, like, Dan Heron chose to do this on purpose, almost, like, sort of downgrade their own careers, um, and Shields is, like, you know, a, was an awesome pitcher for 10 years, you know, like made an all-star team, you know, almost won a Cy Young, you know, won a World Series game, you know, pitched, you know, pitched in the playoffs for a lot of years. But like, he might just be remembered as like the guy who got traded for Fernando Tatis. So it's always interesting to like, see how guys have that perspective on like what it is they accomplished versus how they're remembered. Like all these people were like dunking on James Shields, I guess, you know, when uh, Tatis was going off in game two. And I was sort of just like, I, I mean, I wonder what James Shields thinks about this. And uh, as I expected, he was like, oh, it's pretty cool, actually. I do remember the time he gave up a home run to Bartolo Colon. Uh, he was not very talkative after that game. I think he actually next questioned someone uh, when they tried to follow up Bart Colon's home run. But then the next day he came back and he was like, yeah, you know what? It happens. That's uh, baseball. So uh, he was a good sport about it. And then, but um, sounds like he's doing well. Happy to hear it. I imagine if if you're a pitcher and you are the guy who gives up the homer to Bartolo Colon, you're probably not like thrilled about it. No, yeah. not at all. James Shields is he just has a magnetic quality about him, though. I mean, Dennis has heard me tell the story just many times, but I don't know why it, it registers with me so much. But four or five years ago in spring training, I went over to the visiting clubhouse. And um, Dennis was the Padres beat writer then, as he is now, but for a different outlet. And um, you know, he was the I don't know why James Shields spoke to you in this way, but as I as the as we approached him for his uh, post start scrum, he just like very loudly just declared, "Sup, Dennis," and it I'll, I've never stopped finding it funny, and and so I say it to Dennis pretty much every time I see him. Sup, Dennis. Sup, Dennis. Sup, 
Dennis? I think that was even more memorable because he was talking about Brooks baseball. Yes, yes, yes. And he said saber-toothed tigers or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to uh, James Shields as he watches this series, which should be fun. So the Dodgers and the Padres, uh, I would say they're the two best teams in the National League. I think that's uh, pretty clear. Although I guess you could make an argument about the Braves, but we don't really have time for that. Now, the big issue for San Diego, of course, is who exactly is going to pitch. Dennis, as we sit, it's 1.09 Pacific time on Monday. What do you think are the odds that both Denelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger start for the Padres in this series? At the moment, at the time of this recording, I would say pretty low um, that both of them are going to be available for the series. Although, Padres are taking a day-by-day approach with this, which means they're going to take this right down to Tuesday morning when they do have to set the roster. They're going to see how these guys wake up, um, how they feel, um, because that is as much of a test as it is um, when they're throwing on the mound or playing catch or whatever they're doing. So I think uh, we're not going to find out until the very last minute whether um, you know one of these guys is on there. But if there is going to be one, it's most likely going to be Mike Clevenger. He threw a bullpen on Monday, and supposedly that went pretty well. Um, but again, it's about how he recovers. So we're uh, we're waiting on that, and I think we're going to continue to wait until uh, Tuesday morning. But if they have one, I think they feel pretty good, or they feel decent at least. But if they have two, that would be awesome. But I, I don't see any chance. They have two healthy guys, uh, two two guys both healthy, uh, both pitching well in this series. So that's a advantage to the Dodgers. Dennis, where, where would you? What's the gap from their odds with without any of those pitchers healthy and with at least one? What's the what's the jump they make in in, in terms of their percent chance of beating the Dodgers in this series? In your estimation, I, I mean, I think it's really big, fifty percent maybe more. Wow. They have the same problem, obviously, against the Cardinals, but. Cardinals, as you guys know, are not nearly as good a team, uh, especially on offense, as the Dodgers are. And this is a five-game series, or best of five, so there's the possibility they have to play more than three games. And if you're going to do you know, Chris Paddock and Zach Davies again, um, not a lot of confidence there after the last series um, and bullpen games. At some point, those guys are going to get really, really tired. They already are, um, even with these days of rest they just got. So Dodgers are deeper um, in every way, and this just kind of widens the gap. So they really need one of those guys to come through. But at the same time, they uh, they want those guys to stay healthy for next season and beyond. So it's a tough spot for them. And then I know, Pedro, your guy, Garrett Richards, is an option to possibly start later in the series, but they have not talked about that. So that seems unlikely as well. Um, you'll probably see him come out of the bullpen again, which is uh, which is going to be a test for, for him, just you know pitching on this stage. And not having done this um, in a while, I mean, he did do it the last week or so, the regular season in the Cardinals series, but these are going to be some pretty high leverage innings he's going to be asked to take down. Dennis, what has gone wrong for Chris Paddock this year? Or really, I guess, since like the All-Star break last year? I think it's a multifaceted answer. He's um, he's one of those guys who, this might sound like a cop-out, but he does feed off having fans there more than other people. He feeds off having his family um, around him all the time, and he hasn't seen his family once uh, since um, the shutdown and everything in March. Um, well, actually, no, no, that's that's a lie. He went back home one time, but uh, he's a guy who talks to his family all, all the time. And yeah, them out at a lot of his starts last year. Um, so that's that's one reason, but that's a secondary reason, obviously. And then I would say the primary reason is his he still has two pitches effectively, and one of them is a changeup. It's not a breaking ball. 
So he's got limited movement. He's got a straight fastball, and the velocity's been down at times this year. He's getting less late life, as the uh, the scouts like to call it. So he's pretty predictable in year two when guys have adjusted to him, and he still isn't really throwing his curveball or his cutter, which is another new pitch very much. So guys can pretty much just sit on a couple pitches, and when his location's not pinpoint like it was last season, and that's been the case a lot this summer, uh, guys you know, kind of having an even better idea of what's coming. They can just kind of spit on one pitch and swing away at the other ones. So it's it's been a combination of things. I think he mentally puts a lot of pressure on himself, which is obvious last year with uh, how he hyped up the uh, Pete Alonso matchup. You know, this season with uh, weird things going on, he hasn't been himself. And I think it's uh, it's really shown in different ways on and off the field. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What about the prospect of this team just sort of out-offensing and scoring more than the Dodgers and essentially making irrelevant their their lack of pitching or lack of healthy pitching? That's the, what I see as somewhat of a possibility at this point. This is, I think, the second most fearsome lineup in the sport outside of the Dodgers and, uh, and maybe the Braves. Like, is it unrealistic to think that they could just weave through, you know, 45 innings with mostly relievers and, um, and some multi-inning guys and... And just outscore and maybe maybe score five six runs per game and win. Did you just say weave through forty five innings? I mean, they did it for twenty seven against the Cardinals, who stink. Forty five innings. It's a lot of innings, Andy. I know. <laughs> Is any San Diego pitcher going to throw more than four innings at once in this series? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> um, but forty five innings. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Andy there. That sounds like. Uh, a little bit too tall a task. If you want to put it back in percentage chances, I think there's zero chance they win a series with five bullpen games if they do make it to a fifth game going that way, that route. So, yeah, I suppose it's theoretically they could out-offense the Dodgers, but then they'd also have to pitch slightly better than the Dodgers. That would mean, like, both pitching staffs just suck. So I don't think that's terribly likely, but they've had, I think, like 23 comeback wins this season, including the you know, wild card series. So they're uh, they're pretty dangerous offense, no matter what part of the game. I mean, no no team in the majors has more comeback wins than them. So they're, uh, they're pretty used to this. So I don't think the offense is going to have too much trouble. I mean, I think Kershaw being good again, that's that's a problem, and he's gotten the best out of them quite a bit, although they did beat him. Frank Grisham and the Padres did beat him recently, but it's um, percentage chance-wise, mathematically, I just don't see them being able to do that, Pedro, but um, I see them trying at least. Pedro, I do, I do think your general theory is correct, that if San Diego's going to win, they're going to have to 
like win a couple, you know, 11 to eight type of games. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's, you know, maybe the idea is that they don't need, <laughs> they have to win in three or four because the longer it goes, the more advantage the Dodgers have in having five healthy full length starters. Yeah. They're going to have, they have five guys. It's easy to win if like all you, you, if you win every day, I guess if like you're, <laughs> if you're good pitchers always win. Yeah. It's a, but I really like that lineup. I mean, I find it hard to predict the Dodgers to win in fewer than five games in this series. I think that the Padres lineup, the way they've hit this season consistently, is dominant. I don't know. Maybe I just saw saw them at their best, but I, 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 maybe I like them more than most. I don't know. I mean, that's also the only team that was better than 500 that Kershaw faced all season, and he didn't do that well. Is that a fact? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Good to know. Facts, baby. Man, love facts. I do think, I mean, Pedro, I, I'd be curious how you feel about this, Dennis, because like, isn't there a sort of like implicit bias when you watch the team you cover on a regular basis that you start to really fixate on their flaws? <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, especially with the Padres. I mean, Pedro's used to covering playoff baseballs. Texas St. Pedro about something the other week, and I think he just assumed I knew something, and I didn't because I've never covered a playoff Padres team until now. So this is uh, this is new territory. But I think Pedro does have a point about the lineup because Trent Grisham hit that home run, I believe, from the, the bottom of the order since he's, it was a lefty-on-lefty matchup. So this Potter's lineup is deeper than anyone I've seen. And to get through it, uh, you can't just go through three or four guys. You have to go through, you know, six or seven at least. So there is a chance that the Padres, if they make this game, this series shorter, I think they can, uh, they can do what Pedro's suggesting, but only if it's a shorter series, in my opinion. Yeah. Gershon was hitting ninth that day. It's, it, it is like the Dodgers who've hit Pollock ninth and, and that sort of stuff. It's the, these are the two deepest lineups in the sport. Dennis, are you more surprised to see the way that Eric Hosmer has hit for power this year or the way that Manny Machado is sort of leveled back up into that MVP type uh, ceiling that he has always had, I guess. It's got to be Hosmer for me because I think to some extent, um, Manny surging back when they've been playing really well was to be expected. This wasn't just him, but you could see from him, particularly last year when Tatis got hurt for a second time, season ending injury, and then they started losing. He just kind of... uh, he kicked it into a lower gear, self-preservation and all that, as you guys saw in, in L.A. And he's just uh, he's just a lot more engaged when he knows the team is good. And you can't entirely blame him because, I mean, I think this was, you know, this goes back to when he was in Baltimore and he hurt his knees running out, grounded to first base. And he had a couple of uh, knee surgeries and he just really learned the best way to uh, kind of make the game look easy while still uh, still being a really good player. So when he knew they had no shot last year. Uh, down the stretch, I think he, uh, he kind of, you know, kicked back a little bit. Um, but again, that goes for pretty much the entire team. They just collapsed down the stretch after Tatis got hurt. Um, but with Hosmer, he's past 30. So I guess it's it's just more unexpected because he's been the number one ground ball guy in the majors for so long. And this season, he uh, changed that approach, not so much with his swing, as I think he told you, Andy, um, that just, you know, pitches in spring training that he was looking to drive. So he's being more selective about um, not just trying to play defensive baseball when he's in a two-strike count and he's looking more for more pitches to elevate. So his pitch selection there has gotten better this year, and he's just uh, – I think it's the same thing for him too to an extent. I mean, they're winning, so he's uh, he's playing well too. Yeah, I think Pedro and I have probably debated Eric Hosmer more than any other player. Is that so? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's He's up there. 
Um, but I, I wanted to say, Andy, I agree with the framework of your question. It's, it's a great question. Who, you know, whose resurgence are you more surprised by? But you missed the, the biggest guy, <laughs> Will Myers. I mean, he went from below average to being an impact hitter. What's, what's up with that, Dennis? Uh, that's a weird one, too. <laughs> he's, um, he's just never been able to stay consistent. And I guess a 60-game season automatically makes that task a whole lot easier just to focus for 60 games as opposed to 162. Yeah, but he's always had the talent. And that's that's obvious going back to Tampa Bay. You know, this can't be discounted. He and Andy Green did not get along. He and Jace Tingler, by all accounts, do get along. I don't know. It's, again, it's only been 60-some games. But he, um, first of all, he's he's had a lot less pressure on him than ever. We have Machado here and the lineup deeper than ever. So he's hitting like fifth or sixth a lot these uh, these days, and he's no longer being the guy who's being miscast as kind of the leading face of the franchise, which he was never fit for. And I think he's just he's changed some things about his swing, yeah. But it's it's hard to read too much into these things in short season. You're only playing nine teams in the regular season, um, but he does look like a different guy, and he does look, seem more focused. So I think the coaching staff has a lot to do with it, and just uh, simply being part of a really good lineup has to do with it. And he's never been part of a lineup like this, even when he was uh, playing the. Uh, AL East. So, what do we expect is going to happen in this, this series? Andy, what do you got? I'll take Dodgers in five. I could see a lot of, I could see almost like every outcome except for kind of a sweep either way. I think San Diego with Clevenger and Lamette is clearly the second best team in the National League, possibly. In the sport. Yeah, po- I mean, it's a, yeah, the Rays are really good and the Yankees are kind of terrifying. But yeah, I mean, like, they're in the conversation, right? Those are the four best teams, I think. And without Lamette, who I think has been better than Clevenger this year, and with Clevenger probably on a pretty tight leash, I would just give the talent edge to the Dodgers. But uh, it's, it's going to be really fun. I think these are going to be some uh, arcade style scoring lots of lots of points uh but i'll take dodgers in five i got the same thing dennis i'm gonna say dodgers in four um just because i i don't expect much from clevenger if he does come back like you said andy he hasn't pitched in a few weeks and last time he pitched it was only one inning before he came out so that's that's gonna be a challenge and then i also don't expect that back although potteries could surprise us on tuesday morning um but even then you have to question what you get from him so i think it's been a really good run uh for the potteries but just with how much their bullpen's been taxed. And yeah, I'm, I'm expecting them to carry maybe like 15, 16 pitchers on the roster. But at the same time, <laughs> Dodgers are just uh, so deep and so good. It's uh, it's going to be tough. So maybe uh, maybe it's going to take a Tatis three home run game or one, of two, one or two of those performances. But I think the smart money is on the Dodgers, although the, the Potters have proven me wrong. They, they proved me wrong when uh, they, they got down in the uh, Cardinals series and then they came back. So uh, we'll see. Dennis, you're forgetting that the Padres also happened to carry a former elite Division One Big Ten closer who happens to be playing around the diamond in lots of different places. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Crony. Crony's for Crony. Has anyone checked on his friend uh, who's been, uh, for, for anyone not listening, Andy wrote a great story about his friend who's been eating conies or coney dogs or hot dogs every single start. Kind of worried about that guy because it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been like two months and this guy's eating... <laughs> Conies every day. I can give you an update to connect with this fellow. His name's Donnie Eaton. He uh, works uh, in sales in Chicago, and he played at the uh, uh, the University of Michigan baseball team with Jay Cronenworth. And uh, so to connect with him initially, I followed him on Twitter and uh, and like sent him a DM. And uh, he's actually a pretty delightful follow. Uh, he his uh, display name is Avid Midwestern Beachgoer, uh, which I really appreciated. 
and he almost exclusively uh, tweets about eating conies for crony and uh, hating the Detroit Lions. And it's really just a, it, it's really nice. Like it's a, just a really nice oasis on my feed. So I would, I, I'm going to keep following that guy probably for years, I think. Do you know how he's doing like health wise? Because <laughs> that's the only thing that I'm concerned about. <laughs> Andy, tweet at him, man. Ask him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know at what point, like, like how high on my own supply I would have to be to write some more about this because I don't think that anyone is invested in this besides, like, maybe me, Dennis, and like some guy in the gas lamp who's also an athletic subscriber. Uh, but at some, I mean, if they make the World Series, maybe I'll check in. I, don't, I, I can't say. I don't know. Do you think um, AJ Pollock knows Cronenworth's first name now? Because last time they played, he referred to him almost dismissively, and I, I wasn't listening, so maybe he was impressed. So it sounded like he was partly impressed and partly dismissive, but he referred to him as that Cronenworth guy. We just didn't want to hit to that Cronenworth guy. So do you think you know the person now? <laughs> I, I missed that. I don't, um, that's a good one. No, I don't know. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to preview Game 3 of the NLDS. Everyone have a good one. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.